So welcome to the podcast. I am trying to process winners and losers and trying to see leadership in the events that have happened last Wednesday uh, at the Capitol building, uh, what happened there and what has happened since. Um, and I'm just going to share my thoughts with you about that. Stay tuned. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants, one management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leader Smith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gertis. Okay, so I'm trying to process winners and losers. I'm trying to see as clearly as I can much of what I'm going to have to say is about Trump and Trump followers, but it extends far beyond that. Okay, so I find it very helpful to reverse perspectives, to try to see from the other person's point of view. So I'm going to do that first. And when I reverse perspectives, when I try to think like I'm someone from the left, which I'm not, I'm about as conservative as they make them. Um, okay, here's what I see. If I was on the left, I would see Trump is evil. He's a fascist. He was in collusion with Russia. He was impeachable. And in fact, we impeached him. The only thing was those mean Republicans standing in the way because they weren't going to, you know, do something to one of their own. But he deserved to be impeached. He should have been impeached. He should be out of office. He's a liar. He knows that he lost. He lies about it all the time. He is so arrogant. He just can't take that he was defeated by the will of the people. And uh, he's so arrogant. He's having a temper tantrum. Uh, he can't be trusted. He fomented a, a, an insurrection last Wednesday. And when he fomented this insurrection, his gullible followers, they went and carried out this insurrection. They were trying to overthrow the government and, and steal the election when they ironically say that the election has been stolen from them. They desecrated sacred ground. They deserve jail time and we should lock him up. Um, just like he's saying about Hillary, lock her up, we should lock him up. We should at least invoke the 25th Amendment and preferably impeach him so that the witch can't come back. So he'll be dead, dead, dead. So we, we, we have to censor him. What Twitter did was a great thing by censoring him, keeping him from um, possibly fomenting more insurrection, as if he somehow couldn't talk otherwise. At all costs, we need to destroy this Hitler-like dangerous figure. Destroy him, destroy him, destroy him. That is my reading of a perspective of the left. Now, that's what I get from my Facebook uh, friends who are on the left and, and people that I've talked to and interact. That's about their perspective. If I am wrong about that, please leave me comments below. Tell me what you what I'm missing, but I think I'm faithfully nailing the perspective of the left. Now, I'm going to switch out of that uh, and go take a shower because I felt icky just, you know, mouthing that. Okay, so let me start with this. Nobody thinks that they're the bad guy. The people on the left that are looking at this, they think they're on the side of, you know, godmother and apple pie. And they think that people like you and I that are listening to this, or if you're a conservative, uh, that you and I are evil. I mean, really. So no one thinks that they're the bad guy. Let me take the conservative's perspective. Now, I watched that Trump video from that day because I kept hearing about how he's fomenting insurrection. 
He wasn't fomenting insurrection, telling them to go after these Democrats. He, they weren't even going after Democrats. They were focused on trying to put pressure on conservatives so that the conservatives would not, instead of instead of recertify, and it wasn't even like try to take over, instead of recertify, have a 10-day window so that they can investigate these claims of fraud, send it back for recertification because now we know things that we didn't know. So that's what he was trying to do. This was not incitement. This was free speech under the First Amendment. I wrote my doctoral dissertation on the U.S. Constitution. You have free speech. In fact, Ted Cruz had free speech on the floor of the House. Hawley had free speech on the floor of the House. And when they have that speech and it's you can't prosecute them for doing anything that they say on the floor of the House because you don't want to stifle free speech in a body designed to talk through issues so that you can get to the best ideas. Okay, anyway, I'm departing from what I was going to say. So the Trump video was not incitement. It was focused on the Republicans. Essentially, this was a Hail Mary, and it's a little bit too little too late. Um, if there was fraud, this was like the last, this was the 11th hour, the last possible time to stop it. Uh, now, let's go back over the facts. 75 million, 74, 75, somewhere in there, million people voted for Donald Trump. And of that, about 75% believe that there was fraud. So that's 56 million Americans believe that there was some kind of fraud. Now, if so, Trump and his team must prove it. Okay, now that's a hard thing to do. I mean, if you're being fraudulent, you're trying to hide it. So was there fraud? Probably uh, was there enough to sway the election? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm not going to try to overthrow a vote just because I am not sure. And you know, it'd be just as wrong to overthrow it when there was an election as there would be to have fraud and overthrow it the other way. So, I, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly what to do. What I do know here is that there's very few winners and a whole lot of losers. So here. Who, who are the losers? Well, Trump got a huge black eye through this process. Uh, Trump supporters, who are largely peaceful, are now being just tarred and feathered in the media. As oh, see, we knew that these gullible people were like that. So what actually happened, and I got firsthand accounts from people who were there about how this was just a largely a peaceful rally, but a few, a very small percentage of the crowd. Not a few, like just a handful, not like three people did this. There was a number of people that invaded the Capitol and should not have. They did legitimately desecrate the Capitol. They should not have broken things. They should not have gone into members' offices. They should not have um, been disturbing the peace as they were. Um, okay, so a small faction of this acted badly. They broke laws. They gave conservatives a black eye. And we're going to be seeing those images again and again for years to come, as the liberal media likes to paint that way. Um, Pence. Pence had a, had a terrible, untenable position. I don't know that he had the right to overthrow this. This wasn't like Jefferson's election where it was a tie vote and it goes to the to the states. This was just, he's overseeing certifying the process. And if the states say that this is certified, it's certified. Now, Cruz could have potentially stopped it if he could get enough people to vote with him that, yes, we needed this 10-day period to go back and examine it. He could have done that. I don't know if he would have found anything on the other end, but again, he could have done something and Hawley with him. Now, Hawley's losing a book deal over that. Uh, so the people will 
largely look at that and go, hey, that's that's really not fair. Now, look, there's there's about 40% that's consistently left, 40% consistent, consistently right, and about 20% in the middle. That's how America generally is. And the 40% on either side aren't moving their position, but the 20% in the middle are going to go, mm, that's that's not fair. Don't You shouldn't be doing that. Now, Pelosi and Schumer, unsurprisingly, want to uh, declare the 25th Amendment. And the 25th Amendment is for, like, you know, you're medically unsound, not something like you said something that we don't like and you're, I mean, they're trying to paint him as unstable and, and you know, psycho or something. Um, the 25th Amendment's not going to happen. Impeach him? Yeah, you can impeach him. In fact, I hope you do try to impeach him because when you do this, you're going to so overplay your hand um, that it's going to backfire. So can you impeach him between now and the time that he leaves office? Probably not impeach and prosecute and you have the Senate that is Republican. Can you do it afterwards? No, not by the Constitution, because impeachment's for somebody who's sitting in office to, uh, you know, remove them from office. Um, then we have other losers. So here I'm going through a catalog of losers. Pence was kind of a loser in a big portion of the country's eyes. I think he did the right thing, the only thing that he could do. And, you know, that's that's just my opinion. But to some degree, he's got he's been sullied in this. Cruz and Hawley have been sullied in this, even though I think they did the right things. Pelosi and Schumer are going to be sullied, although they're kind of winners-ish to to the minds of theirs but in the long frame of history the Voss and elaine chow uh immediately resigned that's just i mean really the Voss, president trump has stood by you for years elaine chow is um uh the wife of the senate majority leader mitch mcconnell so you've got to know she's got some political instincts and smelled blood in the water and was like i'm out Senator Murkowski from Alaska, Pat Toomey have also called for the 25th or impeachment or something along those lines. These are uh, classic rhinos in, in that sense. And they come from purplish state like like Pennsylvania's purple. Murkowski is on thin ice, no pun intended. And so I get what they're doing, but that's really sad to watch. Capitol Police, they got a bad rap. Capitol Police, well, well, how did they not expect this with this size of a crowd? Well, I'll tell you why they didn't expect it. Over the summer, we had 600 some odd. Uh, I, I, th I think I saw a, a statistic. It was 640 something BLM riots that turned, you know, protests that were riots, right? That were actually like, you know, damage being done and people being assaulted, that kind of thing. 640 BLM. The Trump side is not noted for that, okay? Now, they're generally peaceful protests. I think back to, I mean, and you can go think back into uh, when we had the Tea Party movement. I mean, these were fairly peaceful. Uh, yes, the left always painted them as if they were bad and awful, but they were generally peaceful. So I, I don't fault the Capitol Police. Yeah, you know, just for the sheer number of people, you should have beefed up some security, but uh, I don't fault them for that. But they have egg on their face because they weren't prepared. And so the sergeant of arms were, were uh, resigning left and right. Um, okay, Biden. Biden is in a bind. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be Biden. Um, so he's now distracted from COVID because of all the other things that are going on. And if he doesn't implement COVID properly, it's going to be on him. Like Trump got the vaccines to him. 
to this point, Trump got the vaccines and got them laid out. And if they don't actually go out on time or if doses have to be thrown away or whatever, that's all Biden. Okay, he's going to be distracted. The political left is going to use this to draw him further and further away from the center. It's going to be impossible now to unify America. I mean, like you had for the last four years, the left ticked. At, at Trump. Okay, I get that. I mean, they were marching the women. Remember the women's march on inauguration day four years ago? So the left has, has been consistently ticked. Now you have the left and the right ticked. I mean, to tick off one side is one thing. To tick off both sides, I'm not sure if it's genius or just incompetence, but you have both sides are now completely ticked and it's going to be fairly impossible to be a unifier. Um, Okay, who are the winners? The winners in this are the media. The media are going to have great coverage. Uh, their profits are going to go up, and they're going to have a field day giving conservatives a black eye. They're already left-leaning. Like 94% of them vote for the, the left-leaning candidate every regularly, every election cycle, uh, and that's gone back. I remember that statistic, 92% in the Clinton era, and it's you know stayed steady in the mid-90s. Um, voting for the left-leaning candidate. Who else? China's Xi Jinping, he is going to be loving this. They're already working out propaganda saying, see, here's how democracy doesn't work. The Ayatollah in Iran is still on Twitter. It's, I mean, that's amazing. The president of the, you know, the leader of the free world is no longer allowed on Twitter, but the Ayatollah is. President Putin in Russia, big winner, uh, he's using this for propaganda as well. Then you have some short-term winners. Uh, short-term winners are folks like Pelosi and Schumer who are giving red meat to their base. Again, it's short-term because I think they're going to overplay and it'll backfire. Uh, big tech getting in the mix. Now, Michelle Obama sent out this open letter saying we have to do something about him now and, and called upon big tech to censor. And the Day later, they did. They they removed Trump from Twitter, and then Parler collapses because they were because big tech did this. I, big tech is playing a very dangerous game, and I've seen this before. Tobacco played this kind of game where they realized, hey, the left is already uh, not beholden to us. Republicans tend to be about freedom, and even though we're selling a terrible product, they're still about freedom and the right for individuals to make their choices. So they went all in with conservatives, and then it was very easy for the left to just decimate them, right? So Big tech is doing that. They're all in. In fact, I saw the numbers about how much big tech, how much Google, Google was gave like some four, uh, 400 million or something. I don't remember what it was to a hundred thousand dollars to Trump, 400 million to the left, hundred thousand to Trump. I don't remember exactly what the figures were, but it was something like that. So disproportionate, like 40 to ones. I don't remember. Um, but Google, Microsoft, um, Apple, Amazon, all those are all in on the left. That's going to be a very dangerous game four years or eight years from now whenever Republicans come to power and remember this because elephants don't forget. So just be careful, big tech. You're overplaying your hand. They're going to rue this day four or eight years from now when the tide turns. Um, you know, you can't turn off and censor what what 40 percent of the country is now worried about being censored. Okay. You win the argument because you have a better argument, not because you duct taped your opponent's mouth, which is metaphorically what's happening. And so while they're short-term winners and their base in San Francisco, big tech, is loving this, um, 
it's going to backfire. It's just bad. The only real winner that I see, um, you know, it, it's just fascinating because over the summer we were talking defund the police, and now there's a police love fest from the left. Uh, oh, the Capitol Police, we so love the Capitol Police. And, you know, <laughs> BLM demonstrators have to be like, uh, what's going on? Um, but the only real winner, this guy, this one Capitol Policeman, Eugene Goodman. Eugene Goodman's this black policeman who was kind of holding off this large crowd in the Capitol building. You see him run up the stairs and then turn and stop them, run up these other stairs and then turn and stop them. And then, you know, he, what we didn't know at the time was, and I'm thinking like, man, this is, this is wrong. This should not happen. This is, and I'm, by the way, I'm angry with conservatives. Stop acting like this. This was not a conservative thing to desecrate the Capitol, to go in there and to break things, to, to go into the members' offices, trespass, uh, you know, pose in Congress. This was stupid. And it gave us a black eye. I'm, I'm more mad about this than I am about the Black Lives Matter protests over the summer because you know better. This is not a conservative action. Okay. Anyway, back to what we were just talking about. So this black police officer, um, you know, kept going up the stairs and up the stairs and moving them away. Well, what we didn't know at the time was that he was actually drawing them away from where the members were, and he did it beautifully. And he used the corridors and the stairwells and things along those lines to his advantage. I was thinking of the Greeks uh, fighting the Persians at the Battle of Salamis. And if you don't know what the Battle of Salamis was, the Greeks in a naval battle were heavily outnumbered. And what they did was they used the, the terrain, these islands, to force the Persians into a bottleneck so they could reduce their advantage so that they were fighting one-to-one -one rather than one-to-twenty because of being outnumbered and having to fight on all sides. This guy was brilliant and he should be praised. Um, Next, uh, what's going to happen next? Well, if we look to the future, it's it's always kind of dangerous to make predictions. But here's what I see happening. I see this censoring of Trump. Um, one, it's ticking off a 40% of the country who is now hardening in their belief that something went wrong and hardening in their belief that this is wrong, what's going on right now, the censoring. I mean, I've been moving my social media to other platforms for redundancy because, hey, when is YouTube going to take it off or, or right? I mean, I'm worried about it. I don't see a, a future with Twitter. I and it's bizarre. Twitter is bizarre doing what they're doing. It's like they're trying to uh, create competition somewhere by censoring this and then forcing conservatives away and then making them go to an alternative uh, space. It's just, it's bizarre to watch as a business professor. Okay. At any rate, censoring is only going to tick off Trump. Do we, do we not know the guy by now? I mean, so I predict, and again, it's, I, this is just what I knew of the guy. I think he's going to turn to a media empire. At, at, at least there will be an alternative to Twitter that will be Trump sponsored. But I would think that there would be like a, a an alternative uh, media, like news media empire that he's going to start building. That's just, just my speculation. I don't know this for a fact. I have no inside knowledge. Um, now, a lot of this is predicated on what will happen as the left overplays. And I think they're going to overplay because power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So I think they're going to overplay their hand. Uh, so Trump is going to do that. And I think we're going to see a return of Trump, particularly if Pelosi keeps pressing Trump, if we see this media double standard um, continue and continue to censor. Um, one, because Trump is Trump and he always counterpunches. We know that about him. 
but two, he's become more of a sympathetic figure as he's being unjustly or uh, inappropriately persecuted by Pelosi and impeachment and big tech. And so who becomes the big winner? Ultimately, I think Trump. I mean, this is weird. And I look, I'm not like the all in on Trump guy. I never was. I wasn't early on the Trump train. I'm a conservative. I tend to be more of a free marketeer, but I appreciate populists who are coming along in a conservative ish way, right? So I'm not against the guy, but I was never like the die in the wool, go Trump, go Trump, go Trump. But I think that's what's going to happen. Um, so that's that's my my view of what's going to happen in the future. Finally, Biden. Uh, let's talk about him. If he seeks unity, he's never going to find it. And I, I don't know that he'll be able to unify. I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. And I said that on Election Day. OK, well, uh, or not Election Day. I guess it was the day after when it was it, it, two days after when it looked like, OK, there's no mathematical way that he can say it. I said, look, I, I put this on my Facebook. I said, and you can go check it. Um, I give congratulations, President Biden. You said that you were going to um, govern uh, and unify, and I wish you the best of luck. I hope that you do. And conservatives ripped me a new one. But look, I want him to govern from the center. I want him to be a unifier. I doubt that he will. I don't believe that he's in a position where he's going to be able to do it. And I think that from this, Trump is going to rise like the phoenix. Um, believe it or not, um, when people see how badly he's being treated. Now, remember, there's 40, 40, and 20 in the middle. 40 is not going to change. 40 is not going to change. But that 20 in the middle is going to see how badly he's being treated. They're going to re react positively to, the, to him and react against this sharp left governance that's coming uh, because the Democrats are going to overplay their hand. And I, again, what determines whether Trump will rise is going to be how abusive the left is right now, which they're being pretty abusive, big tech, uh, impeachment, all that, and how the Biden administration governs. So again, my prediction is that they're going to overplay their hand and Trump will be back. Now, this leads me to my quotation for contemplation for today. And I really was trying to think of what fit here. And uh, I found this quote by uh, Prime Minister William Gladstone. He said this, We look forward to the time when the power of love will replace the love of power. Then will our world know the blessings of peace. How we wish it would come. I don't see it anytime soon. But someday we'll see the blessings of peace. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Leadersmith Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please think about subscribing. Um, I, I do these because I want you to think about leadership, and I want you to become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. Thanks for your time.